Do not interrupt my emotional journey. What it is, what it do. This is Ramblin', your weekly Rams podcast that brings you inside of the team and news from around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter coming at you from Los Angeles, California. The Rams are still 9-4. and four. They had a nice week in arrest, and now they're back at it. They have the Jets at home, SoFi Stadium. We back this Sunday. Joining me today is one talented human. He is currently a play-by-play announcer for Fox Sports. He does NFL, MLB, college hoops, former ESPNer like myself. He has mastered the concerned father pose on NFL broadcasts this season, working alongside Mark Schlereth. Honestly, he is too good at many things. He plays the piano and he has funny tweets. You can follow him at Adam Amin. My friend, thank you for making the time on a very busy day for yourself. <laughs> I, I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to talk to you, happy to see you, happy to see Matthew. This is a good day. It's a good day. Um, hey, the Queen's Gambit, gambiting so hard right now. Very legit. I, was, I finished it last <laughs> night. Very good ending. Uh, I, I feel like people are latching onto it now, so I don't want to give anything away, but heart like legit i was i was really into it slow burn to start sprint to the finish line from like the last four four or five episodes that's pretty much her life too slow burn yes. to start and then yes. you're like whoa you're in russia like real fast and she's, she's speaking conversational russia pretty easily russian pretty easily right now yeah. when the dragons yeah. came in dude i was like yeah the, and then and then the <laughs> alien showed up and then they go into the multiverse and then Spider-Man happened, and this is a different it is crossover in this is HBO. Big, and then it became <laughs> the Avengers. <laughs> that's the, that's 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 phase four of the Marvel Cinematic. Anyway, <laughs> the, Matthew um, and I dorked out. Matthew and I dorked out really hard just then together. That was I, I, that was a yeah, bit. Was that like, was a moment. That was you and me. We we just had a moment <laughs> together, buddy. That's uh, I can hear all the people listening like, yeah, they had a moment. Um, the Queen's Gambit is significant to Rams listeners because during a press conference, Sean McVay, um, during the uh, was it a bye week, um, Matt, right? I think it was bye week. He was like, we were like, what did you do? Like, what are you watching? And he goes, I'm watching This Is Us. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I think that was, that was the bye week. And everyone's like, that's what you decided to watch. And I think it was um, Siciliano who was just like, dude, why don't you watch Queen's Gambit? It's like a whole, ch- it's literally a chess match. And like, this would be strategy, your strategy. And he yeah. was like, oh, okay. <laughs> He's watching This Is Us and he loves the show and it's emotional. And I love that he watches that. Totally cool. It is, totally. it's really good. And just saying, sometimes we, uh, we lose those battles of choice on what goes on the television screen. Okay, so. Although I, 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 I did see I did see the I did see the quote though uh, from Sean uh, I think it was today or the other day where he was like yeah I just spent the whole Sunday during during the weekend since they played on Thursday just watching the Red Zone and my fiance came in and said do you want to watch anything else and the response was no and then he went back to watching the Red Zone and you can't have yeah. those kind of days without the this is us kind of days so right yeah it's and i'm not making assumptions and like- i'm not making assumptions that that like it is automatically Sean's fiance who's like hey i want to watch this is us like i'm not making that assumption if that's the case i agree with matthew but i'm not going to make the right. assumption cuz maybe Sean <laughs> just wants to 
wants to watch This Is Us. I'm fine with that. I appreciate that. You need a good, you need a good emotional jolt once in a while. Imagine if like the, the universe was flipped and Veronica was like, watch more film, like let's go, let's go. <laughs> and he is like, I want my rosé. This Is Us has got me feeling something. Says, please don't a- interrupt. Do not interrupt my emotional journey. All right. That is that is perfectly valid. All right. I support that. If that's the case, I support all of you on your whatever show you watch to ride that emotional roller coaster. I think you should do it. It's it's good for you. Correct. (laughs) That's all it is. That's what's really happening during quarantine these days. That was it. Um, All right. Let's get to it. Actual football on the field. The Rams have the Jets coming up. And a lot of people are thinking, this game's in the bag. A lot of people not named Sean McVay because McVay says they're taking this game seriously. And the Jets, he mentioned, the Jets gave the Patriots a run for their money. Get uh, Jets gave the Raiders a run for their money. So you, my friend, cover a lot of NFL games around the league. You know a thing or two. Is McVay doing a McVayism, or how do you see this game playing itself out on Sunday? If this were like five, six weeks ago, I would have thought it was kind of a McVayism. I would have thought a lot of coaches would have just been saying the right thing is the thing that you're supposed to say. We take every game seriously, which they do. I'm not, I'm not claiming that they don't. But you go in with a certain understanding and a certain feeling of confidence uh, when you play teams that are inferior, and the Jets – by all metrics and by all reason, are an inferior team. The last three weeks, I think, have reminded a lot of us, and I'm sure it's reminded coaches, that this is uh, in any given Sunday league based on, we, you know, we call the Seahawks-Giants game when Colt McCoy is starting a quarterback. They didn't even have Daniel Jones in that game. And we're out in Seattle watching just a bad offensive day for Russell Wilson against a very good Giants defense as well, but a very bad Russell Wilson day that coincided with Colt McCoy having a very solid management of a 60 minute game. And all of a sudden the Giants were able to possess the football and they got some takeaways. And now that's an upset win. Uh, Washington comes in and I know we're focusing on the NFC East for upsets because that's, that's what, what I mean, that's what happened. That's what's, what's <laughs> happened this year when you are, uh, are you, when you have a combined record that, that the NFC East does, uh, you're Correct. going to be, a, you're going to be the butt of some jokes, but again, you're also a barometer for what an upset is. Washington goes out and beats Pittsburgh. Uh, Philadelphia comes in and gets a win in Jalen Hurts first career start against arguably the best defense in the NFC, certainly one of the best defenses in new Orleans. So I don't think, I don't think it's a McVeighism in the sense of, we're just saying the right things to get through the press conference so we can, you know, focus on the game and then go home a little early. Like that's not what this is about. It's every team is capable. They're all NFL players. They all have some level of pride and regardless of directive or zero blitzing or whatever, you have to play the game and you have to execute what you're supposed to do. Right. And the Jets also probably don't want to go lose an entire season. So if they're going to try and win a game, you should start, now or in two weeks so yeah. i'm with you um aaron donald is three and a half sacks away from breaking the rams franchise sack record 
does it happen on Sunday or does he save it for his friend, Russell Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> I think it could happen in a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm looking at an automatic three sack game. There are some issues on the interior of the Jets offensive line, but I don't know if I'm looking at necessarily a three sack game, but go back now, look at Seattle. This is a team that has had offensive line issues throughout the season throughout really on the right side. I think the left side has been actually pretty solid, but uh, their right side, especially with the injury to Brandon Shell, you know, I know he's been back, but just the rotation with right tackle, some of the injuries at right guard and center and some of the shifting they've had to do in the last month. Uh, that's a game where you could see, you know, a two sack game for Aaron Donald, especially if you line him up on the outside against an inferior tackle, you get a good so uh, spot for him in between guard and tackle at that technique. I mean, the, the, there's certainly opportunities for Donald to pick up two, three, four sacks in a two-week stretch. I don't think that's uh, – that, I mean, that's, that wouldn't be out of the ordinary by any means either for Aaron. And he right. did a four sack in the first meeting with the Seahawks this season, so he's probably yeah. um, hungry. It's uh, You'd actually appreciate this. The in-stadium DJ, DJ Molsky – um, that no one hears but us and press box <laughs> and players. Um, Molsky's very clever with uh, his music choices. And when we played the Seahawks and it was Sac City uh, against Russ, he played Future and Sierra songs. Oh man, that's cold blooded. That's, that's oh my God. listen. That's a that's a. I mean, that's a that's a punch to the ribs right there, legitimately. Yeah. And <laughs> that's also Russ that's, felt that's, that physically. <laughs> Strong, strong, petty shade actually being yeah. thrown, which I respect. I respect it. It's part of the it's part of the theater of it all. But man, I respect it. I mean, in, in more in like the press box, we're all like, "Is this what's like, going on right now?" That's did he right. just did he just do that? Oh yeah, uh, LA's, yeah. LA's known for that though, man. Like Dieter uh, is a Dieter rule that that plays at the Dodgers games. Is that, I can't remember oh. if that was I can't remember if that's yes. his name. So my apologies. That he's the organist at at Dodger Stadium, and he's very Played good at that the, as well. Yes. I, again, I was saying, he just, he's just like, he can just like drop in something that's pretty relative to the personnel on the field. Like the guy does his prep work. So I appreciate that right. as well. That's just so right. That's their prep work. And we need exactly. to acknowledge that everyone is adding to the full game experience, yes. no matter what you're doing. Um, I saw a tweet. The only team that could beat the Chiefs are the Rams. Outside of the NFC West and our little mm, bubble, how do you think the Rams kind of fare with other top teams in the league? Their defense has shown me that they're capable of winning playoff games. And, and I think that's what it eventually comes down to. That's the, that's the final barometer for all of these teams. Like, are your three phases good enough? Well, two phases really in special teams and support, but are your two phases, main phases, good enough to win you a Super Bowl? And I think the Rams defense has proven that, yes, that is absolutely the case. Has their offense done it consistently enough? I don't, I don't know if everybody feels that way. I, I don't know if I felt it as a through line throughout the first 14, 15 weeks of the season where every week or every couple of weeks right. we're saying, did you see what the Rams did offensively? It's been a little bit, you know, like hills and valleys, and that's okay. Yeah. Most teams are going to deal with that. I, I feel like at their best, yeah, I feel like the Rams offensively are good enough to win a Super Bowl. How do they stack up in this particular conference – it's hard for me to look at any other team when they're at full strength with the reverence that I look at New Orleans. Because when Breeze has been healthy, when their offense has been clicking, they're really, really hard 
to defend. They're just very difficult to defend. And they had that three game stretch early on where they were still scoring points, but you know, they only won, you know, maybe it was one of those games. And then they rattled off the eight, nine consecutive wins and they did it with Taysom Hill. And they got through their less difficult part of their schedule by what well, still you with, with Taysom Hill at QB, they got through that three, four game stretch against Denver, Atlanta twice. You know, they just played Philly. I know they, they lost and they should have, you know, probably played better, but they got through it with a good record. So that's all they were looking to do. Defensively, they're scary. They're like the Rams and the saints probably have the two best, all three level defenses in the NFC. I don't, th- I think there's an all pro at every level for New Orleans uh, in their front in their backers and in their defensive backfield. I think they're all pros in multiple levels for the Rams. And I think that's what separates these two teams from the rest of the pack overall, all three phases. No, I'm not convinced the Rams are the best team, but are they a playoff contender and a team that can win games? Can their defense stop you? Yes. So to me, that makes them a playoff contender in terms of making a deep run and their defense to me right now is good enough to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, and, and it's it's unfortunate because there's these outlier games that we have with, like, the 49ers and, like, even the game against the Giants the where Giants, people yep. are like, what's going on right now? And they got the win. They did which, figure which, out how which, to get the win. Which I'll say, too, that Giants game makes a lot more sense now. I think the Giants defensively are one of the better teams in, in the NFL. They've proven that. Yeah. So I think looking back on that, and that was, what, week four? That was the game that, that, that we got to, our crew got to call. So yeah. uh, we walked out of that game thinking, you know, the Giants could win the division because of their defense. Their defense is one yeah. of the more complex schemes in the league. So – I, I, that that doesn't look as bad to me now, and that's a win that you that proved to me that you can win ugly. And again, that's another element to all of this that I do feel like you're gonna have a clunker. You got to win your clunkers, and they want a clunker. So they want a clunker. I like that. Um, what makes me happy this morning? I look at Twitter. The NFC Offensive Player of the Week, Cam Akers. 171 rushing yards and 29 carries. This man was out. So that makes me very happy. Adam, did you see anything where you're like, this kid is a stud. He is going to go all pro. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've seen flashes of it. And that's, that's been the story of the Rams' offensive season. I, I really liked Cam. I called a couple of his games, uh, maybe three or four of his games when he was in college. So I got a chance to see a decent amount of Florida State and – I just always had the sense that this was a good downhill back who was good at finding holes and, and with his addition to this offense and the versatility of the running game, I think is what stuck out to all of us. So whether it's been weeks of Daryl Henderson, whether it's been weeks of Malcolm Brown, whether it's been weeks of Cam Akers, I think that's the, the thing that maybe we might see a shift into for the final stretch of the season. Like, does this become yeah. a little bit more of a run oriented offense? Does it focus more on the rushing attack, which it's done all year. It's not, it's not a shock, but I think having cup and woods Higby, this combination of receivers that all come out of a very similar look. Every look looks the same. Like every formation right. kind That's of the looks day. the same. <laughs> and they do a million things out of it. It's a pitcher throwing out of the same arm slot yet the movement on every pitch is different. So I, I, I think these elements, the, the rushing attack, makes those elements of the passing game more effective. And that's been the case, I think, in Seattle. 
Uh, you've probably seen, seen that when you, you guys saw them, and that's been the case for Seattle offensively when they played well, is when Carson's healthy, when Hyde's healthy, and they run the ball effectively, Metcalf is more effective. Uh, whoever they have at tight end who's been rotating in and out, they're more effective. Tyler Lockett is more effective. So I think that's absolutely the case for the Rams. And, and Akers adding that element, a downhill, not afraid to run between the tackles type of element that you see more with Brown. Uh, and again, Henderson being able to do a little bit of everything. Everybody seems to be good in pass protection. So I think yeah. the emergence of Cam is a major boost to what I think Sean wants his offense to look like when they go up against the elite of the elite teams come, you know, the end of the season and then playoff time. Yeah. Makes me happy that, I mean, we have three different backs, but they're all sort of like, that's cool. I'll sit down for a second. I'm yeah. out of breath. You jump in. I trust you. And you got Malk who's sort of like the leader of that group. Daryl, who's like, yo, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And he's shown up. And then you got Cam. Cam is like the most humble, you know, just like, no problem. I'm here. If you need me, which is not, you know, the most stereotypical running back attitude. And I'm sure he's going to grow into that more. He's got Jalen Ramsey as a mentor, but I do like his like, okay, I'm in, I'm in. I'm cool. I'm chilling. It's fine. <laughs> I think you, I think you, yeah, I like, I like seeing that attitude. And I think you get that from a lot of younger players now, especially when they're like, especially at the running back position. A lot of these running back groups are platoons. These are all platoon systems. This is, you know, they're very rare is the third down, the all three down back. It's, or I shouldn't say it's very rare, but it's becoming more and more rare. Uh, you're seeing yeah. more teams use these systems where, you know, even Tampa Bay comes in and, or brings in a Leonard Fournette. They sign a, you know, a LaShawn McCoy who doesn't seem to work out. That's a veteran guy who probably feels like he needs more touches. Whereas the younger guys, a Ronald Jones, a Leonard Fournette, you need me to rotate? Fine. I'm only going to get 12 carries a game instead of 18, 19, 20 carries a game. I'm going to get seven uh, carries a game and five receptions rather than, you know, getting 15, 18 carries every single game. Fine. I'll do whatever you need me to do. And, and I think that attitude is probably more and more prevalent because that position, that value, I know we talk about that all the time in the league where running back value goes down and down and down. I don't think that's necessarily the case. Just the pitch counts are a little bit lower and maybe yeah you can you can find a better system with multiple backs rather than just focusing right. in on one like we used to right you don't have to be tired these days guys you yeah. can just like Stay go fresh. in maximize just get out efficiency, right efficiency yeah that, these are good tired? like have you tried just what? not being tired just don't be tired <laughs> just don't be it's tired like work work harder to be less tired what is that? Quirk smart? I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Man, I don't know. I just, I'm, I nap too much for me to be able to judge other people in terms of their efficiency when they're awake. So I, I nap. That's, a, that's efficient because you stay up late, you watch Queen's Gambit, and then you take your naps because you need to just like little recharge. Just, I just, just, it's just power naps. We're all power napping these days. We're all power napping these days. News from around the NFL Monday Night Football, in your words, was poop game. <laughs> It was the Where do we game. put the Browns? Where do we put the Browns? What are we doing with these guys? Ah, uh, man. I, I saw them against Philadelphia. Their <laughs> offense was anemic. And uh, I think their defense is solid. But then again, they had all the trouble in the world trying to stop the rushing attack for Baltimore, which, again, a lot of teams, when Baltimore's playing well, have trouble with, to, their, to, to be fair. But Cleveland's defense, I think, still was was considered to be a strength of theirs, and that's not good enough. Like, that that wasn't good enough. To let Lamar carve you up the way he did, uh, to 
buy into the eye candy to bite on it when he gets out of the pocket, you know, all the things that you're not supposed to do contain him on the edge, make sure you funnel him inside. Even if he's going to run fine, let him run, but funnel him inside. Don't let him get to the edges and they, they let him break contain. And as soon as he breaks contain, you buy, you bite on the run game and Hollywood Brown gets loose. Like that's, these are the type, you know, Mark Andrews comes back to the ball and, and he buys this time and, and he's not the only quarterback that has the ability to do that, but he's one of the four or five quarterbacks that come to mind. Mahomes, Rodgers is probably in that mix. Russell's certainly in that mix. Like, of guys that if you let them break contain, they're going to hurt you if you lose your gaps and you lose your discipline. Like, and that's, that's been the case for, for teams that have struggled against Baltimore, for, steam, for teams that struggle against Seattle. That's what ends up happening. Everybody struggles against Kansas City just because they have more weapons than those other teams, but – I like you have to, those are like two of the three things that you have to do. You have to maintain discipline in the gaps and you have to contain the quarterback and they didn't do that. And that's, that's tough. Cause that was one of Baker Mayfield's best games. That was one of Cleveland's offenses, best games. Their rushing attacks really good when it wants to be. And they have a really good run blocking offensive line. So, you know, that was one of his best games and that went to waste and that's tough. Like they're in good shape to make the playoffs and all that but they're going to get some traffic behind them nipping at their heels and they can't lay an egg down the stretch here. Uh, yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. Cause you think about the Browns, think about the bills, you think about some fan bases that are like, Oh, my team is good. And you can't like bills mafia would be losing it right now. I think there would be no snow in Buffalo right now. I think it would just be all fire. Like every, fire pit you could find people breaking tables people it would be insane and the, the heat, the heat of a thousand suns the heat of a thousand ah. suns we got well we got buffalo on saturday and oh. like they're going on the road to denver we've had denver a couple times this year like they're denver played really well last week on the road against carolina and they earned a win and drew lock like when drew locks there they played pretty decently they played the chiefs pretty tight a couple weeks ago when he was back in we had that weird game against new orleans where Kendall Hinton, like the practice squad wide receiver had to come in and play quarterback. I mean, he just, he just got his butt kicked all day and, and, you know, he, he didn't ask for any of that. Like that was, that was a tough spot to put him in, but when they're healthy, like, like, and not even healthy, like they've, they haven't been healthy on defense all year. Uh, you know, Von Miller got hurt before the season even started and it's been all downhill defensively in terms of injuries for them since, and their cornerbacks are really thin right now, but Drew Locke is good. Like he's a good player. He's learning. He's got a lot of flaws that a lot of young quarterbacks have, but he's getting better and he played really well against the decent Carolina defense. And I think he's got some weapons. Tim Patrick's turned into a great receiver. Jerry Judy's good when he wants to be. He's a rookie who looks like he's hit a wall, but they've got other guys. Hamler stepped up. Uh, they got a lot of tight ends when they're healthy. Their line's not bad. And I like that. They could upset Buffalo. Like that goes back to your, the first thing you, you, we talked about, uh, Serena was – like Sean McVay is worried about the Jets, the same reason that Sean McDermott is worried about the Broncos right now. Yeah. Maddie. All righty, let's move it on along to Serena's socially distanced social segment. We're already halfway through the last month of the year. <laughs> Finally, uh, 2020 has been a weird year for sports, but uh, I'm curious given all the new protocols and regulations in the athletic world and what they're going to have to adapt to in the upcoming years. What non-traditional, like non-major five sport would you like to see become a little bit more 
mainstream in 2021 and beyond. Mm. I think it's a good I feel question. like we missed I, the ball on getting speed skating as a mainstream sport. I will say that because I went covered the Vancouver Olympics um, and I watched speed skating yeah. in real life. And I was like, this sucker needs to be every night. Like I'm watching this. It's so good. And it's, it's socially intense. distant. Why are we doing this more often? Diving. Look, the alarms are going, the fire trucks are making noise. They're very passionate about this. This is a very passionate argument that you've you've brought some backup for. Uh, Man, I mean, I I honestly would like to see tennis get back, you know, to to being as popular as it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. I feel like we've lost a little bit of steam. Uh, I think part of it is because, you know, Serena has, you know, missed a couple of majors in the last few years and, uh, the men's game has kind of become a little stagnant and, you know, I, I'm just, and that's just me like being a tennis fan, you know, that, and it's the, I don't cover it. So it's just something I get to watch as a fan. And it's something that I look on the outside from the outside looking in. So I enjoy that. And it's just, again, socially perfect, perfect, socially distant sport. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, that should be back in like the, was it Pete Sampson days or I'm like, trying to go back to like, thinking of Sampras all the... Agassi, yeah like thank uh, you Mike. like when we had when we had some well and and you know you need some American players on the men's side you know yeah, Serena's been carrying happen. carrying the entire country on her shoulders and it helps when you have like, you know, difficult. Osaka. like right. the women the women's game is is in a healthy place with Osaka and and, and kind of man of the yeah. man of the, the or taking the torch but eventually but uh yeah the men's game has been carried by the women's game in the in the United States for a while that's actually called American history, my friend. That's right. <laughs> um, yes. hey, listen, I, buy it. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> it's annoying because Serena Williams is in a bunch of commercials these days. And there is one where someone goes, Serena. And I literally am like, what happened? <laughs> I'm like, who, who called my name? And then I'm like, oh, that Serena. She's it's, it's nice that it's, it's, listen, it's, it connects the two of you. And that's what's most important. Yeah, you're right. We're the same. Except that's right. Not so much. You and Serena Williams uh, the same. <laughs> um we end with say what a quote from your la rams that kind of popped i was going to give it to jalen ramsey who was basically yelling on the broadcast with aaron donald and that was exciting but then i was just like oh my god i forgot cooper cup talked about jalen ramsey this week and it was way better and i'm just going to read the quote um on jalen ramsey from cooper cup he does an incredible job i'm glad he's on our team because we get to work against him. We get to practice. We get to sharpen iron with him. I'm glad to get to do that, you know, Monday to Saturday and don't have to deal with him on Sundays. Bravo, Cooper Cub. And you know who liked the tweet? Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> I figured as I figured he would. And again, he's he's, like, he's, he's no lies, no lies spoken in, uh, in that sense. One of the elites of, uh, of that position only making, you know, the wide receivers on, on this team better. And that's, that's, a, yeah. that's something that I, I think we don't, it's not that we don't talk about it enough because coaches will bring it up because they see it every day, but we don't think about it very often, you know, the Monday yeah. through sat, you know, the Saturday stuff, you know, especially those, you know, those two, three days in pads, like those matter, those days matter when you're going up against somebody really good. Cause when you go show up on Sunday and you're facing a rookie, who's, you know, an undrafted free agent is only playing nickel because, you know, the second and third string guys got hurt. You're going to win because you did it against somebody better. Now you're going to win against somebody less, you know, with with less skill or less talent. Yeah. And insane, but 
we have Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, and that tandem right there is peligroso. It's crazy. I like <laughs> I said, we were, hey, we were we were talking about it earlier uh, in terms of all pro talent at multiple levels, and that's the difference with most of these high level defenses. Either their either their collective is just so much better than the individual parts that they're so in sync that they play so well together that they're superior as a, as a collective or every level has somebody that's really good. And a couple of them have like all pro caliber talents. And that's like I said, Seattle, that's new Orleans. That's the Rams. Uh, I think those are probably, you know, I think Tampa Bay is like that. Those are probably yeah. the three or four best defenses in the, in, in this conference right now. Glad that the Rams have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, especially while I am the team reporter. So with that said, that's a wrap. Another episode of Ramblin' in the books. While you may not get to join us at SoFi this Sunday or for the rest of the season, we hear you. We cannot wait for you to step inside the Rams house in 2021. There's still time to be part of the first to experience it. I got to experience it, and it's freaking awesome. The new Rams house. Join us. Purchase your tickets. TheRams.com slash 2021. And also make sure you stay up to date with all things Rams. Download the app. Adam Amin, my friend, thank you so much. You have to get to work. I'm so glad you finished Queen's Gambit. Appreciate you, Mahente. <laughs> <laughs>